From a studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. Now, here's your host and bud tender, Gary Johnston. Welcome. If this is your first time to the Cannabis Podcast, I'm glad you decided to come by for a visit. And if you're coming back, it's always nice to have you come back and join me. We got a lot of information about cannabis to talk about for the next few minutes. This week, we're going to touch on Leafly, as usual. Leafly is a good source of information because they cover a whole bunch of stuff about cannabis. And in this particular episode, we are going to touch on the top Leafly Awards. So Leafly's Cannabis Awards, determined by their listeners. And we're going to, in fact, touch on the top THC dominant flower for 2019. Also, I have a conversation with another Okanagan bud tender set up for you, Devin Locke. He works at the Spirit Leaf store down in Penticton, and he's going to be along for a great conversation a little bit later. We're going to take a stop at Cultivar Corner for Aurora's Blue Dream, a very delightful sativa, which has given me the energy for this particular podcast. And in reference to a suggestion from a listener, I've got another story about experiences with cannabis. This time, the lesson I learned was when you're using a vaporizer, it will not dissipate the smell if you continue to use it. That and more is coming your way on episode 38 of the Cannabis Podcast. And as we move our way into the year 2020, it's kind of cool to look back at 2019 again from the perspective of how did we do? And one of the things that I'm really excited about is another article from Leafly. This is on Canada's favorite. So Leafly did a whole bunch of different things looking for Reader's Choice Awards. They have a bunch of different categories. There's your favorite THC dominant flower, favorite balanced flower, your favorite CBD dominant flower, favorite pre-rolls, cannabis oils. I'll put a link up back at CannabisPodcast.com so you can see the whole list. A lot of cool categories like your favorite head shop, Canada's favorite cannabis accessory brands, some very cool things. But for the purposes of our episode today, I want to focus on the Reader's Choice Awards for Canada's favorite THC dominant flower. Something that I think we're all interested in. So if we look at Leafly Canada's inaugural vote on THC dominant flower, readers favored energizing strains with medium to high THC content, although relaxing and hit you over the head high strains also made some appearances. The clear favorite brand was Edison. And not just for its likable Lestrada strain, the New Brunswick-based brand from Organigram took a total of three spots on the list. Here are Canada's favorite THC-dominant flower choices as chosen by Leafly readers. Number 1. Edison Lestrada New Brunswick-based Organigram offers five main strains intended for experienced cannabis users under its Edison Cannabis Company brand. But it was Lestrada that emerged as Canada's favorite, a crowd-pleasing strain featuring the terpenes caryophyllene, myrcene, humulene, bisabolol, and limonene, and boasting a not insignificant 14 to 20% THC. Number two, incidentally, it's in fact the strain that we are covering in today's Cultivar Corner, Aurora's Blue Dream. Also marketed as Ambition, Aurora's take on the popular Blue Dream, a descendant of blueberry and haze, is known as a chill euphoric high that can be accompanied by a relaxed body buzz, offering equal appeal for beginner and veteran consumers. With THC content ranging between 13 and 
Ours came out at 21. This train was just too much fun for Leafly readers to resist. Number three. This is one we've heard a lot about, one in fact we have also done in a previous Cultivar Corner. Number three, San Rafael 71 Tangerine Dream. The appropriately citrus-scented Tangerine Dream has THC levels in the 11-18% to range, suggesting a mid-range high that consumers have described as uplifting and social without compromising mental clarity. It's a strain worthy of the Markham, Ontario-based San Rafael 71's origin story. The company was named after the 420 legend, which became part of the Stoner Pantheon, a group of friends in San Rafael, California, in 1971 would meet every day at 4.20 p.m. to get high and scour their town for a rumored cannabis crop. Judging from the response of Leafly readers, this train has inspired some adventures of its own. Number four, Seven Acres Jean-Guy. An homage to the popular Quebecois strain associated with the famous medicinal cannabis group Le Centre Compassion de Montreal, this high THC strain, between 13 and 21%, features the terpenes myrcene, pinene, terpenoline, limonene, and caryophyllene. Number five is Seven Acres Jack Hayes. This fast-acting Hayes strain was named in homage to author and activist Jack Herrer and is known for its high THC potency. It's about 16 to 24%. Usually it also features terpenoline as its dominant terpene. Number six is San Rafael 71 Pink Kush. I've tried this one as well. Really a nice taste. San Rafael's version of this beloved strain is a doozy with THC content 15 to 24%. It's described as having both sweet and earthy notes. Number seven, Edison Rio Bravo. Reviews describe this strain as a social and smiley. Its THC content ranges from a modest 14 to a substantial 21%, and its dominant terpenes are terpinoline, pinene, and myrcene. Number eight, there is a tie. And in fact, it is a four-way tie down at the bottom. Four for number eight. Seven Acres White Widow, Aurora's Ghost Train Haze, Broken Coast's Galliano, and Edison's Lamontis. A tie for number eight. White Widow. Eighth place was a four-way tie. Seven Acres White Widow, a Canadian take on the 90s Dutch staple, is described as euphoric and energetic hybrid. THC is between 14 and 21%. Number two for number eight, <laughs> a 15 to 25% THC from Aurora's Ghost Train Haze. And number three for eight, Broken Coast Galliano. The BC Craft Cannabis Producers Broken Coast showed they can compete with the big guys with Galliano, their take on Northern Lights Haze. And we've also tried this on a previous Cultivar Corner, which they describe as offering a relaxed, happy, creative, and energetic high at 15 to 24% THC. And the final number eight, Edison's Lola Montes, with THC ranging from 14 to 21%, and an interesting terpene profile, caryophyllene, guaiol, myrcene, bisabolol, and humulene. Edison's Lola Montes promises a sky-high buzz. Sounds like that's one we need to try on a future version of Cultivar Corner. And there you have it. That is the top eight cannabis THC-dominant flower in Canada, based on Readers and Leafly, in 2019. From the cannabis-infused studio in the clouds, this is the Cannabis Podcast. And today, it is my pleasure to have another conversation with another bud tender, this time someone here in the Okanagan. His name is Devin Locke. He works at the Spirit Leaf Store down in Penticton. And we pick up our conversation just after he's picked up the phone and I've said hello. So, how are you doing today? 
Uh, good. It's been a good day. Um, those days off right now, so I kind of started the day off really nice today. Like the last two days, just kind of kept myself busy with other chores, right? And today was kind of nice and relaxed to to start off with a nice bowl and continue uh, on. A nice wake and bake day. <laughs> yes, you betcha. Yeah, yeah, we like those ones. So, so give me a sense of of what is your cannabis heritage, Devin? When how long have you been doing it, and and kind of what's your story? So my cannabis background, I mean, I've been partaking for the last 15 years on and off. And since legalization is kind of really what I wanted to become more involved within within the industry. Yeah. Uh, and kind of like a whole lot of other people did, right? Started small by even investing into different companies as, as that happened. Uh, and just through all that research is kind of how I found uh, Spirit Leaf. Okay. as well. Uh, so I just kind of did more research with them and eventually found that, hey, there's one going to be opening in Penticton. <laughs> yeah, very cool. And yeah, so I just, can again, just kept digging deeper and deeper to, to find uh, mass email and managed to get a hold of them and kind of started working from there. So Nice. And so how long have you been working at the Spirit Leaf in Penticton? Uh, I've been there not quite since they opened, about a week and a half, two weeks after they opened. So the uh, the end of August is when I started with that. Nice. I have I have been so impressed with the Spirit Leaf uh, Corporation since I first started doing the research. What's been your experience in working for them? It's been fantastic. Uh, there's been lots of good learning opportunities. Uh, there's training there, right? The, the hands-on, they have different tutorials. Uh, and the support is there as well, um, right? And since I've kind of got more into background um, opportunities within the uh, Spirit Leaf store here in Penticton. Yeah. Uh, I get to see more of that as well, of more of the hands-on and uh, and the support from the rest of the team, which is really good. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I've been, uh, the, the training that, that they provide to everybody, I've been pretty impressed with and lo- lots of detail and, and lots of content. Yeah, and, uh, and it's always being updated. So, which is, which is nice. It definitely stay on top of it. Um, forums and blogs. It's, it's great. Yeah. Because eventually all of those, uh, like you and I, who have our cannabis workers verification, eventually there's going to be a test associated to that. Yeah. And, and just like the other provinces, and I look forward to that as well. Yeah, I do too. It, it was one of the things I, I kind of thought, well, that's a little bit of an oversight when you went through the process and there was no, there was no validation of any of your knowledge before you get that. Did you have any experience in the pre-legal market uh, other than just being a consumer? Uh, consumer, I, I kind of dabbled a little bit in growing, not a whole lot. Um, I was always kind of wait, wanted just to wait for the, the this whole legalization. I mean, a little bit here, a little bit there, but nothing that I wanted to, um, that that's, that I was going to affect myself. So, With working at Spirit Leaf and, and working with the guests that come in, what's been your favorite experience so far? It has been the conversations with guests and customers coming in, uh, whether it's from someone who's been around cannabis for 20 some plus years or someone who just hasn't tried it at all yeah uh, every type of conversation is very unique uh, and lots of information comes from it right just kind of growing helps me grow as a person Absolutely. and as uh, someone within the industry as well to, um, to listen to these stories and to have those conversations uh, especially when guests are, are coming back and returning and you know, the conversation that you had uh, a week ago or two weeks ago or a month ago right Oh, that, oh, absolutely. That's what, that's the payoff, right? 
It is, it is. And uh, there's even that larger was um, demographic, demographic that's older. Uh, and that's been fantastic is those conversations, right? Um, ensuring people that, that it's safe, that, that, that we're okay and we're here to have a conversation with them as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so, so what has, has your experience been with the clientele? Is it, has it truly been diverse from you know, 19 to 90 kind of thing? It has, yeah, yeah. We had one customer guest come in. Uh, he walked through the door, and I said hi, uh, and I thought he was Stanley. Uh, <laughs> uh, he ended up being about ninety-five years old. He said it was a great conversation. Wow. Uh, he didn't get my Stanley uh, reference right off the bat, um, <laughs> and then he left after about fifteen minutes. Uh, he didn't purchase anything, but we talked, and yeah. he was really happy. He seemed um, um, like he got some knowledge out of the deal, and. Uh, yeah. Oh, so. Very cool. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Just to give a bit of background to the people listening, Devin and I first became acquainted when he started a Facebook group specifically for the Okanagan. In fact, it's called the Okanagan Cannabis Collective. And it was uh, Devin's invitation for me to take a peek at that, which first got us acquainted. So what was your inspiration in starting that group, Devin? So the inspiration behind that um a little more background on me is I also am co-owner of Ogo Float, uh, which is uh, float tanks. Okay. And within that industry, it's a very tight niche uh, industry as well. Uh, and they have a very similar group right for behind the scenes. And it was really nice to be able to take that kind of platform and I'll go, hey, I want to kind of bring this into our into this new industry, um, make it a little bit smaller into just the Okanagan and kind of use it as to help meet people. Jamie, another beautiful lady here in town, um, growing home Okanagan, uh, is kind of where the inspiration came from. She had mentioned about wanting people to connect and to meet within the industry. So I kind of used that and talked to her about it and kind of took off with the group and wanting to bring um, people in the Okanagan together within the industry from retail stores uh, to growers to reps um, for the LPs. And let's just have more conversation behind the scenes. Absolutely. I'm really looking forward to the growth of that community because it's those it's those conversations that make us all brighter, smarter, and 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 have perhaps a chance for better outcomes in our future with, with where cannabis is going. So that's very cool. Yeah. I'm glad you did that, Devin. Excellent. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, so, and anyone listening, it is a little bit harder to find the group currently right now. Um, I've played with some different settings and tags. So yeah, uh, just keep searching and it'll come around or find me on Facebook as well and let's meet up and we'll get you added to the group. And it, and it is a private group. So you do need to be invited to it, it, it which I like as well, because that means you can, you know, be fairly candid in your conversation. So. Exactly. Like you should be able to search it, but you can't see any information that's in the group. Yeah. Which is real cool. I, I think that's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. And you got to be able to verify yourself too, right? Uh, you've, right? There are questions to be asked of uh, what part of the industry you're in. That way we can verify that the right people are in the group. And every group that I have joined has been, has had similar questions. So it makes total sense. So I, I good on you. Well done for that. Well, thank so, you. So where do you think we're going? What, what do you see the future for, for cannabis legalization here in our country? So I think we've been on, on, a, on a good path, uh, right? You always start small, you work your way up, incremental, make sure it's done right. Um, you know, yes, there's been wrong, maybe wrong steps, might be the wrong words, but um, uh, things that people aren't happy about or not impressed. Uh, but it's, it's that progression, right? 
we don't know the answer until we've tried it and done it. Um, and then, and then we change and then it adapts. Uh, so going into year two, I've seen those adaption and the change, especially being in the industry a little bit here now, yeah. uh, where you can see that backside of it also and be talking to more people within the, the industry. And I think we're on the right path and another year or two down the road, right. Um, laws, maybe loosen up. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but at least I, I think there will be conversation about it as well to how to adapt the industry and change. Um, and looking at different uh, markets that have already been in this position uh, into the States, Colorado, all the different States down there. So there will be progression over time. We just have to take those baby steps to get there. Yeah. That's a good approach. I, I like yes. that. And, and one of the other things that, that, that I liked when I first started hearing about Spirally was the fact that they are one to remove the stigma and, and stigma is a huge thing for me. And, and, and it's one of my biggest pet peeves that there's still such a stigma with so many people about cannabis. And, mm-hmm. and do you see that improving in the short or near future? Oh, for sure. It definitely will. And, and again, that's just that the conversation with people of talking about it. Right. Yeah. Um, and even using the word stigma, Hey, there is still a stigma, right? We got to be more open and free about it, um, within being safe about it at the same time. Exactly. Right. So there is, and again, those little steps and as it becomes more of the norm, it will, the stigma will go away. Yeah. We just have to keep working at it. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely agree. That's cool. Yeah. And so, more stores open up even too, right? And that's been a lot of it is lack of, of retail stores and, and lack of product um, and prices as well to, um, uh, to also get past that stigma. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, since you bring that up, that that's also something we've talked about before, where if we really want to get rid of the black market, we need to have better access, better product and lower prices. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I've seen that happening too as well. There, it is starting to work that direction. So. It is starting to, I'm, and, and I'm yeah. really pleased to hear hear that as well. What have you found, Devin, with the experience with edibles, uh, the introduction of Cannabis 2.0? What, what has that done for you at the store? Uh, it's definitely opened up those more conversations as well. Uh, the, the dosage, that is the, the biggest conversation, the biggest question, Yes, right, is about the dosage packages maximum 10 milligrams per package and yeah some people do have higher tolerances than others but i also challenge people to to try it right try the 10 milligrams see what it does for you before going saying oh i don't need that or i need 40 or 50 milligrams right so yeah no it's that's true a lot of the conversations is is i just ask people to to challenge it yeah, uh, no, and, that, and that's a good way to to put it and and, and now since you brought that up i'll challenge it <laughs> Yeah. And you know, and like, like for myself as a user, I've been using a while edibles. I don't do a lot of edibles, uh, but like 10 milligrams is a nice level for me. Right. I enjoy it. Yeah. And that just validates again, the uniqueness and individuality of cannabis. Yes. Because now, I mean, you've been 15 plus years. I've been 40 plus years. My tolerance may be a little higher because of those additional years. Um, mm-hmm. but I tried some of the, uh, some of the new edibles. I did some chowy wowie yeah. and, uh, 10 milligrams, nothing like, like literally nothing. Nothing. And, yeah. and then, and I, so I thought, okay, well, I'm gonna take this, the, the, the next approach. So then next time I did 20 mm-hmm. and then fortunately it's <laughs> the same result. So for me, oh, that's too bad. somebody with an, and, and, and I, we also have to understand there is 5% of the population that edibles aren't going to do much 
with yes. that transformation of, of THC. Exactly. I know a handful of people are that way that can eat as much as you give them and and nothing happens. Yeah, exactly. So so I maybe I have to admit that, that that I'm that stage, but I'm I'm still going to keep trying to to see if I can find that dosage on it. But but yeah. it's a, an interesting twist in in the industry again. It is, and and that's where my partner she's into that twenty milligram range, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, and right, so she's always double what I am. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's it. Everybody has a unique tolerance, and then you you have to figure out what that is. But I must admit, with the edibles at this point, is the flavors have been great. Yes. Um, like yeah. the actual chocolates that I've oh, tried, that delicious. they have been like so good. <laughs> oh, I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> that, that, was, that was one of the problems with the chocolates that I bought, that I ended up eating both packages to get those 20 milligrams, and it tasted just absolutely delicious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Cool. Well, thanks for taking some time to, to chat with me, Devin. Um, hey, you're welcome, Gary. I, I want to wrap up with uh, what I traditionally, every time somebody appears on the podcast for the first time, if you're a repeat guest, you don't have to answer these multiple times, but okay. I'd like to go through my hot seat questions, just some some things to get your your final idea on things like, what's your favorite strain? Uh, my favorite strain right now is being Great White Shark by uh, San Rafael. Okay, so more CBD uh, prominent. Yeah, 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 it's been very nice. Yeah, I quite like that one as well. Joints or vape, Devin? Uh, joints. Okay. Uh, do you have a favorite munchie? Uh, chips. <laughs> okay. That, that works for me too. Um, yeah. <laughs> if you have a choice, cake or pie? Uh, I guess, uh, cheesecake. So cake. Oh, yeah. oh, cheesecake. Oh, delicious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and edibles or flour? Flour. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. the same way. And we're going to throw one more in this one. just because, uh, and you can tell me whether you've had any experience with people coming into your store asking for a half quarter. Uh, that one threw me off the loop for, for a while. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely an Ontario thing is what I learned from that one. And, and uh, yeah, and what I have learned it's Ontario and further East. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and even and, when you said that, it had me thinking for a moment. Yeah, exactly. And so for those who don't know, a half quarter is uh, an eighth, 3.5 grams. Um, yeah. It still kills me when people come in asking for a half quarter. <laughs> <laughs> totally does. <laughs> so I am so looking forward to meeting you in person and uh, getting to know you a little bit better, Devin, as well. So thanks again for spending some time with me. Any final words for the people who are listening about your uh, opinions of, of cannabis and where we are at this moment? Uh, no final words. Just if you haven't been into a store, I guess, um, go check one out just to, just to chat even, just to look. Absolutely. And, yeah. So I appreciate the time, Gary, um, of being on the show with you. Perfect. Well, thank you very much, Devin. You enjoy the rest of your day. All right. We'll talk to you later. Okay, take care. THC, CBD, terpene profiles, what's in me? Oh, please explain to me. Go to the corner. Go to the corner. Oh, yeah. Go to the corner. Please explain this stuff to me. Always thrilling for me to hear that introduction. And it's also always thrilling for me to do a cultivar corner. And this time we are doing something new. This is a new strain that I picked up. This is Aurora's Blue Dream. It's a sativa. Picked it up at the Spirit Leaf location in West Kelowna today. And really looking forward to giving it a try because it's time to do another podcast. Time to edit another interview and put everything together. And it's always nice to have a real good buzz when I do that. So here we are. This is, as I said, Aurora Blue Dream. Now, the THC on this is 18%, which sounds good for today. 
And if we're looking at some of the other details in relation to this strain, the myrcene in order of predominance, are, <laughs> did I say the myrcene in order of predominance? I believe I did. What I meant to say was the terpenes in order. Perhaps you already have an idea that I might have tried this already. <laughs> okay, I have just let it out of the bag. I actually have tried the Blue Dream already. Um, and you can tell it has a pretty good effect. <laughs> so the terpenes are myrcene, pinene, and caryophylline, or caryophylline, as I'm still hearing both pronunciations out there. Sounds like the right order for me. I'm looking for some energy, but I also do not mind a little body relaxation and some of my arthritis pain to go away. The myrcene will help with that. The pinene is going to give me that energy and the caryophyllene is going to put some of that creativity into it. I'm hoping anyways. And so far, uh, I've been pretty impressed with the result. I may not, in fact, have to roll the joint of this. But the other details I wanted to cover off is the package date because we've talked about how it's getting better. Things are getting fresher. Things are not as dry. And as I pop the top on this Aurora Blue Dream, now I picked up a quarter of that. That's the other thing I'm starting to explore is some of the more reasonably priced quarters. So this quarter was 64 bucks. And I'm starting to look at those and finding that there are some quarters you can pick up from a number of LPs now that are in the 50 to 60 to $70 range. And I'd, I'd still like to get it a little lower than that, but I can handle that. I can be fairly comfortable with that. So that's what I've been doing of late is picking up quarters. And that's what I got is a quarter of Blue Dream Sativa packaged on. And here is where things start to, the rubber meets the road. Because we've been talking about it's been getting better. And it has been. Absolutely. The legal product has been getting better. Prices has been coming down. Things are moving in the right direction. There's still a ways to go. <laughs> and by that, I mean, when I pop the top on this Blue Dream, which based on the description of Leafly, this is a sativa dominant hybrid originating in California with a legendary status among West Coast strains, crossing blueberry with haze. So Blue Dream balances full body relaxation with gentle cerebral invigoration. Exactly what I'm looking for. Novice and veteran consumers alike enjoy the level effects of Blue Dream, should have a sweet berry aroma similar to Blueberry Parent. Blue Dream delivers swift symptom relief without heavy sedative effects. Again, something I'm looking for today. So let's concentrate on that aroma. It's barely there. And I think the reason it's barely there is the other issue we still have with our legal supply. And that is the fact that we're still catching up on product. This was packaged not just a couple of months ago. This was packaged back in August of 2019. So this is now almost six months old. And I think it would have a better aroma if it was a little fresher. Now let's get to the dryness of it. I've talked many times about how dry the stuff was. You could just crumble it in your fingers. I can crumble this in my fingers as well. Not quite as dry. The buds are really pretty. Like they are some really pretty, really nice sized buds in this quarter. So I'm really happy with that. But the reality is I can still just take that nug, squeeze it in my fingers, and now I'm ready to roll the joint, which as I've already stated, I might not need to do because I can already attest to the veracity of Blue Dream by Aurora. But I'll pop some into the vaporizer 
and we'll have a taste and see where we go. So far, it's looking good. Um, things are looking good for this particular strain. Not a bad price, good size, good THC level, and uh, so far, I'm having a pretty good time on it. Now, let me end this section properly, because after all, I do have a reputation to uphold. I did roll a joint to make sure that we at least have a sense of, of what the smoke is from this. And again, since I'm rolling a joint, we'll know whether or not the ash is black and whether it's been flushed properly. Blue Dream by Aurora. Similar to the aroma coming out of the container, it's not really, really strong. Again, I guess perhaps because of the fact that it was packaged back in August. Not a bad taste, though. Tastes pretty smooth going in. It's not harsh at all. Luckily, there is no black ash. Nice and white. Pleased to see that. And the effect is one of the better ones of late. So with that THC level at about 18% and that combination of myrcene, pinene, and caryophyllene in the terpene mix, this appears to be a strain that is one that's going to go into my good books. I'm, I'm really happy with how this feels. I'm happy with how it's making me feel. <laughs> and I think I'm going to have a blast putting the rest of the podcast get together today. So there you go. That is Aurora's Blue Dream. The thumbs up on this particular sativa. And I'm going to finish off the episode today based on a suggestion from a listener. Thank you, Dan, for the suggestion. And that was to tell more stories about my experience with cannabis and, and what has happened. And of course, most of them are pre-legalization, as this one is, but gives you a sense of what we were up against back then. This was from a time, uh, and I also thought it was appropriate this time since we are still into winter and there has been a lot of snow of late across our country. And if you have ever watched the Discovery Channel and you're familiar with a program called The Highway Through Hell, uh, then you are also familiar with the Coquihalla Highway, which is between where I live and the coast. This relates to <laughs> a time my wife and I went down to see Eric Clapton, actually. So it was a fantastic concert. It was a great, great destination. We went down with another couple, a couple of friends of ours. We're coming back. I think it's a Sunday now. I didn't bother checking the road reports because, I mean, the road is the road and, and it is what it is. I sure wish I had if though. Because <laughs> we ended up getting out of Vancouver late. And it's probably afternoon. It's probably about one or two o'clock now. And as we start heading up this Coquihalla, we can tell that it's going to be a very snowy day. And sure enough, we don't get more than an hour into the drive and we are stopped because a semi has spun out somewhere up ahead. The road is blocked. We can't move. And we are parked literally right beside a sign that says avalanche zone, no stopping. <laughs> and we looked at that sign. And I think this is what started to freak my wife out. Because we looked at that sign for two hours before we moved. <laughs> we finally eventually did move. Traffic did finally clear up. And we were, as I say, about an hour into the drive. We were just heading up on the Coquihalla. We still probably had another hour or so to get to Merritt, one of the midpoints on the drive. And once we started rolling again, traffic kept at a very slow pace. We were moving at about maybe 50, maybe 60 K. 
which is relatively slow for highway driving. But of course, in the winter, if you don't adjust your speed, you're in trouble. So I didn't mind that driving at a slower pace. And yet there were still idiots speeding past, passing all of us going 120 down this wintry highway. And of course, we saw many of them spun out and into the ditch, and which is just rewards in my opinion. Anyways, we get to Merritt. We're now, we are well into the day. It's it's probably past six, seven o'clock at night now. And I start heading up the hill, which is the final hill towards what's called the connector and over to Kelowna, the Okanagan area. And as I'm heading up this hill, there's nothing but this blinding snowstorm coming at me. I can barely see 10 feet in front of me. And I say to my wife, I'm sorry, I can't go on. We're, we're stopping here for the night. So we did. We, we went and we found a motel and got ourselves a room. And as it's no surprise to you, when I travel, and especially at that time, that was back in the days when I had a volcano. So that was my primary uh, vaporizer. What a beautiful vaporizer it was. So I had the volcano with me and obviously a supply to stock that volcano up. Now, the thing to remember about vaporizers is that when you use them and then you stop, the aroma dissipates easily inside of five to 10 minutes. You can come into that room and, and not have any idea. But the operative part of that saying is when you stop. <laughs> and here's where the story gets interesting. So we're at this motel in, uh, in an interior BC city in the middle of one of the worst snowstorms that's happened in years. And I have had the volcano going ever since we got into the room. And it has been going nonstop, just bag after bag. I just want to get just wasted because this road just drove me crazy. So I was proceeding to do that. And again, because I wasn't stopping, the aroma was still fairly <clears throat> predominant. As it turned out, a little too prominent because next thing we know, there's a on the door <laughs> and my wife goes to the door and she has to hold the door in so that this, this manager could not barge his way into the room. And he's out there saying, no, no smoking marijuana, no smoking marijuana. And, and, and off he goes. <laughs> now, this of course was back in the pre-legalization days, which made it a little worse, but unfortunately that just went right to my wife's brain and her paranoia set in. And she spent the rest of the night going and check, checking out the window of our motel room to make sure that there weren't a series of police cars out there who were going to bust us. And I said, please, dear, we are in one of the worst snowstorms that has happened so far this year. The RCMP are not going to have any interest in coming to get us for smoking a little bit of pot in the, in the motel. <laughs> but for her, the rest of the night was horrid. I, I, she actually made me take the volcano and, and the materials and take it out of the room and go put it back out on the car. <laughs> and I did, because when your wife asks you to do those kind of things, that's what you do. So that's an experience that I guess living that experience in, in this day and age, obviously there's still some issues with motels and being able to smoke cannabis in them and vaporizers and such. Although because vaporizers do dissipate very quickly, I still tend to take them when I, when I travel. That was one of our experiences uh, after an Eric Clapton concert <laughs> and where I truly learned that if you don't stop using a vaporizer, the smell will not dissipate. And that pretty well wraps it up for episode 38 of the Cannabis Podcast. If you, as always, have any suggestions for people you think that I should have a chat with, 
or any topics that you think should be covered, please send a note to info at cannabispodcast.com. You will find the links to everything that I talk about at cannabispodcast.com as well with the episode. That's it for episode 38 of the Cannabis Podcast. From the Cannabis Infused Studio, high above the Okanagan Valley, this was the Cannabis Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Tune into a major journey podcast today, where guests take listeners on journeys and immerse themselves in the roller coaster ride both in and out of the cannabis space that brought them to where they are today. Throughout our conversations, guests share valuable lessons that they've learned along the way that listeners can use to empower growth both in their personal and professional lives. Check out A Major Journey today on all major podcast platforms.